everybody so today I decided that I want to talk about journalists but I don't want to just talk about journalists in general I want to talk about some really cool female journalists who I think had great careers and did some really crazy things to get stories and the reason that I want to talk about this is because I want to be a journalist and my friend Ashlyn she used to be an editor at the Hawkeye and this is just something that we talk about a lot ourselves so I'm going to talk with her today about three different journalists, and the journalists that we chose are pretty well known, so you'll probably already know who they are, but we just kind of want to discuss all the cool things that they did in their careers and why they're important. So first, I'm going to talk about Nellie Bly. I'm sure most of you already know who she is, but I'm going to recap some of the things that she did during her career. So Nellie Bly, she originally went to college to be a teacher but she ended up not having enough money to continue and had to drop out and that was when she decided she wanted to be a writer so she moved to Pittsburgh and there was a newspaper in Pittsburgh called the Pittsburgh Dispatch and one day someone wrote a column called what girls are good for and it was basically just this guy saying that women shouldn't be allowed to work so she wrote a letter to, to the editor that was like an angry response to the column and the editor liked her writing so much that he gave her a job and it was only after she started working at the paper that she came up with the name Nellie Bly before that her name was Elizabeth Cochran but in 1887 she moved to New York and she got a job at the New York World and for her first assignment she had herself committed to an insane asylum called Blackwell's Island Madhouse and she spent 10 days there and she found out not only about the terrible living conditions of the patients, but also that there were a lot of women there who weren't actually insane and didn't have any mental problems. They just couldn't speak English. And that's why they'd been put there. So she got out after 10 days and then she reported on it. And that led to an investigation and eventually um, reforms in the way that those institutions were run. And then in 1888... She spent six months in Mexico, and she ended up getting expelled from Mexico for her reporting on the poverty and corruption of government there. And then when she was 31, she got married to a 70-year-old millionaire industrialist. And I guess he didn't like that she was a journalist, uh, because one time when she was reporting on the suffrage movement... He had her followed by some guy, but, you know, she realized that she was being followed because she wasn't stupid, and she got the guy that was following her arrested. And then the next year, she wrote an article about why women should be able to fight in the Spanish-American War, but that was the last article that she wrote for over 15 years. And during that time, her husband died, and she took over his company, but the company eventually went bankrupt, and that's why she started reporting again, which she did that until 1922 when she died. So I talked a little bit about Nellie Bly with Ashlyn, and here's some of that conversation. So as a journalist, would you ever do anything like Nellie did for the story about the mental institution? So psychology and communications are my major, so... Psychology does have, like, a big part in my life, and I feel like what she did was amazing. Um, 
I just don't know if I would personally do it just because I don't know. I think today the feedback would be different than what um, she received back then. I feel like many people would not accept my findings, say that in those past 10 days I had gone crazy or something like that. Um, so I don't know if the risk would actually um, outweigh the benefits of it. See, I feel like I would do something like that. Yeah, I feel like you would. I just don't think I would. Which but is like, I, was... I mean, like, going into a mental institution is, like, really extreme. But, like, so many good things came from it. Yeah. I just, like, and that's the thing. Like, I think if it was back in the day, I think it's definitely worth it. And something that is great that she did. But I also feel like if you did it today, people would just be like, oh, you're just crazy. Like, that's the only reason. But I also feel like as you asked me that question, my first thing was, like, you would definitely do that. So. Okay, well, also, next thing I want to talk about is – her getting married to that guy and then quitting journalism and then, like, she didn't pick it back up again until he died and she went bankrupt and she had no other choice. Like, because she was, like, a feminist her entire life and, like, her career was kind of, like, built around feminism and I don't know, like, I guess it's possible that, like, she just quit journalism because she actually didn't like it anymore and she did want to, like, be in business but it just seems kind of weird to me yeah um just to like follow up with that I like have done a lot of I know a lot about Nellie Bly just because of um Dr. Mapp's class for investigative we talked about her a lot um but I didn't know that and I do think that's odd but maybe it just kind of coincides with like maybe in a sense, an abusive relationship, because you did mention earlier that she um, was being followed by a man that her husband hired. Yeah. Um, So maybe he was just so protective of her and, like, did not like journalism that she had no other option but to quit. And while she may have been a feminist, she she may not have been able to, like, actually participate in what she wanted to do. So... I don't know. So whenever that guy was, like, following her and and she, like, had him arrested, like, after that, she wrote an article and she published it about being a good husband to, like, get back at her husband for being annoying. Okay, so that goes back to then the question before. If she... I feel like if she was in an abusive relationship, she would have just stood up for herself. Because if she did that, then, like, writing an article about being a good husband, then why couldn't she fight for her rights in not being abused? So maybe it was just a personal choice and she just wanted to be rich and live the rest of her life with money and cats. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So our next journalist up is Dorothy Thompson. The reason that I love her is because before she ever even became a journalist, she was pretty much just a feminist. She graduated from college in 1914 and immediately went to work for the Women's Suffrage Party 
and she spent a bunch of years just working as an activist. Then she moved to London with one of her friends and became a journalist, which was what she'd really always wanted to do. And she got a job there at the International News Service. And while working there, she had a lot of big stories, including one where she interviewed the former King of Hungary. And she interviewed him by dressing up as a nurse and pretending to work at the hospital he was in. What she's not most known for, though, is her reporting on Hitler. She started reporting on him in the 20s and finally got to interview him in 1931 before he became Chancellor of Germany. After that, she stopped journalism for just a little while after she got married, but she quickly went back to it. And she kept reporting on Hitler after that, and eventually she became the first of many foreign journalists who were banned from Germany during his reign. Um, but she continued to be a journalist until she died in 1961. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about her with Ashlyn. So what I found interesting was that she basically didn't really have any practice in journalism at all, and then she ended up being in like an international, what did you call it? What was it called? The international um, news? Oh, where she worked? She worked at the International News Service. Yes. So, like, getting... I I feel like that's a big job, especially yeah. for, like, someone who's never been in journalism. Um, so that's a really cool thing. And maybe that's because, you know, I don't know. I kind of consider feminism, like, communication advocacy, so, like, advocating for things... So those kind of like go hand in hand. So maybe she just learned from that and then used those skills to be able to become a journalist. Yes. And when she was like pretty much just being an activist full time, she was also doing like a little bit of like public relations on the side to make some more money to help put her sisters through school. Yeah. So she knew what she was doing, but like didn't know like ins and outs of journalism and I think that's like for a lot of people like as long as you are able to fully understand how um to write an elegant um piece then you'll be fine in journalism so it doesn't take much to learn the ins and outs Mm -hmm. also I feel like it's really cool that she didn't it doesn't seem like she went into journalism for journalism like she went into it for a cause yeah that's true too especially like and she's had different causes along her um career too especially with like hitler like i think that's really cool that like for 11 years plus she like continued to write on hitler Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really interesting that she picked him as like her specific subject even before he became, like, dictator. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that I wanted to mention isn't, like, serious at all. I just wanted to mention that um, she, like, just like Nellie Bly, she, like, went undercover to get a story, but instead of, like, something intense like like Nellie, she just, like, dressed up like a nurse to get an interview with an old king, and I just think that's really whimsical, and it's really funny, and I love it. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, was, like, 
she did the you can see like a pattern between like women journalists i guess like good women journalism like being able to take on a different role in order to get the story that you need and doing whatever it takes to get that story so last but certainly not least we have clarissa ward she is the one person on this list who is not dead and she's also my favorite person on this list So she is currently the chief international correspondent for CNN, but she actually didn't go into, or she didn't decide to go into journalism until her senior year of college. She originally wanted to be an actor. She went to Yale and she studied Russian, French, and Arabic while she was there, which came in handy later with her work abroad, but we'll get into that in a second. Her senior year of college, 9-11 happened, and that was what made her decide she wanted to know what was going on in the world and help others understand too. So she got an internship on the overnight desk at Fox right out of college and after about six months of that she moved to Beirut and became a reporter there. She lived there for about five years and then her experience in Beirut helped her get a job as a foreign correspondent with ABC in Moscow. After that, she worked as a foreign correspondent for CBS, eventually becoming chief foreign correspondent. And as I mentioned earlier, she became chief international correspondent for CNN in 2018. Um, As for some of the crazy things that she's done as a reporter, when she was working at CBS, she made a lot of trips to Syria, but one time she had to sneak in because at a certain point, the Syrian government knew who she was, and it was likely that if they knew she was there, she would be killed. So with no cell phone, by herself, and just a small camera that she used to do her own filming, she snuck into Syria in 2011 after a civil war had broken out. There are a lot of other great stories from her reporting over the years, but her coverage of Syria is what she's most well known for. And once again, I talked some more about this with Ashlyn. I also think that it's cool that, like Dorothy Thompson, she didn't decide to be a journalist really early on, which I know she was still just a senior in college, so that's not like really late to decide what you want to do. But, you know, Dorothy, she had already done all this other stuff before she decided that she wanted to be a journalist. So I think that that just goes to like prove that you don't really have to have worked at it for a super long time to become a journalist. You just have to really want it. You know, like it's not like you have to have all of this education and schooling to be a good journalist. You just have to be willing to learn it. Like you can learn it on the job. Yeah. And I know that like we actually, I mean, had someone at the Hawkeye that like finished, almost finished their full degree in history and then changed so. yeah. And now he's moving to South Dakota to report there, um, and he's doing big things now. So it's basically just, like, your passion for it, how much you care about it, because I know that, like, once he quit um, the Hawkeye, he was continuously checking up on us, seeing how our paper was, asking us how we were doing. Um, so just... Being passionate about it is definitely what um, drives people to do journalism. Okay, so there was something that I forgot to mention when I was talking about her earlier. 
Um, but that's that last year she had a story where she spent 36 hours with the Taliban in Taliban territory, which a lot of journalists have tried that before and they've either been killed or captured in the process. So the reason that Clarissa and her team at CNN were so successful was because of the sheer amount of preparation that went into it. Um, I read somewhere that they prepared for that trip for several months before it actually happened. So, you know, like they spent all of those months just getting ready for her to go and talk with the Taliban and see what life is really like in that territory. And then they did all of that just for one story. So I think that that's really cool. I mean, it sounds kind of excessive, but a really good story came out of it. And I, I love that. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and I think that if I compare it kind of to the Hawkeye, I feel like we have our best work when we're able to spend more time on what we're doing. So the better and longer you spend on a story, um, the better it's going to turn out. Um, And then even with like her, I think they also did a lot of preparation because they were so worried about like what would happen to her and like if she would end up dead or not so like being cautious and understanding like what you're doing and what you're going into um I think that was really smart of them to do that so yeah I feel like a bunch of people think that like investigative journalists or like war correspondents are just like crazy people who just do things without thinking when really like the entire reason that they don't die is because they spend so long getting ready for whatever they do yeah and I think if more like readers understood like how much time and effort they actually spent on stories they would be more appreciative of the story that they're given yeah okay so I know that might have seemed like a lot of information at once but I really just wanted to talk about some cool journalists and tell some inspiring stories I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening until the end. Um, See you later. Say goodbye, Ashlyn. Bye. Bye.